This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. What is up, everybody? This is Alex, joined by James, as always. What up? As well as our friend Jacob Holton, who is a contributor to Toffee Targets, as well as part of the Cincinnati Toffees. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. Man, it's good to be here, guys. We got our third Cincinnati Toffee on the program. We've got the, I don't know, what's Cincinnati's nickname? You guys have like a city nickname? Uh, The Queen City. All right, showing up and showing out for the American Toffee Podcast. All right, guys, so let's jump right into it. Now, it is Wednesday during an international break. Um, last time we had an international break, we went out on a high note. We won our cup match and won the match on the weekend. However, this time, we are at an all-time low for the season in which we've had, I don't know, maybe seven matches. So I guess that doesn't say a whole lot yet. Um, but how are we feeling right now, very briefly, on on the negativity surrounding Everton, specifically on social media, and obviously regarding... Marco Silva. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to kind of stay away from too much of the Twitter stuff uh, just because it has become pretty toxic. And I understand why everyone's frustrated. I'm equally as frustrated, if not, I mean, as frustrated as any other fan. It's been a really miserable season based on how high our preseason expectations were. I still think uh, Silva deserves maybe a little bit more time to right the ship just for the sake of continuity with the same manager. But um, I know we'll be discussing that extensively over the next couple episodes. But yeah, I mean, the the, the sentiment seems to be almost unanimous that people want him out. Yeah, I think it's warranted. Uh, I think a lot of the, the negativity is, is pretty warranted. Um, he's been really poor with his team selection and overall formation selection and just the tactics that he's employed. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of right there with you, James. I think, I think he's kind of earned some, uh, some staying power. I think he's kind of earned the right to have a little bit more patience with him. Uh, and you know, we'll see what happens after the West Ham match if they end up losing. But I think, uh, I think I'd like him to stay just a little bit longer. Yep. Both good points. Uh, pretty much feel the exact same way. And honestly, i I think I'm in the minority by saying that um, I think he could be given even more time than, than most people are shouting for, but maybe I'm a little more patient. So let's switch topics and talk about the big news of the day, something Woo. that gets all of us here at, at American Toffee Podcast extremely excited um, on our quest for never-ending glory <laughs> across the pond. But uh, Tim Howard, if you follow uh, MLS or Tim Howard, you would know that he has finally... I say that as if that's exciting. He has officially retired now. He's played his last match for Colorado Rapids. They did not make the playoffs in the MLS. And today he was announced as the official American ambassador, only about a decade late, for Everton. Um, so so how do you two feel about it? Yeah, it's a huge move um, for the club. I think increasing their presence in America is going to be quite the task based on, you know, it, it, it is reaching a point where it's hard to, and there's new fans coming in all the time, but attracting fans to a club like Everton based on our current form and all of that stuff. I mean, it's not the most attractive proposition for someone trying to get in to soccer or the league in general, but Tim Howard, one of the most recognizable faces um, in American soccer history. And the fact that I think probably a lot of American soccer fans don't even know that he played for Everton. So increasing his presence and him promoting the club and the history and all of the things that drew us to the club and bringing it to a wider audience can only mean really, really good things for the club long-term in America. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, this is a guy who probably uh, is responsible for more recent Everton fans than any other American player who's ever played there, which, you know, obviously there's not that many, but still, uh, he's been, he's been excellent and he's going to be an excellent ambassador for this, this team. Uh, he's going to be at the premier league live event coming up that they got going on in Austin. I think once the international break is over. So, you know, he's going to be able to be there and, you know, show people the way of Everton and why you should support Everton. Uh, and how it's the people's club. So I think this is a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk for Tim because he loves Everton, obviously, and it's a slam dunk for Everton because you can't really ask for a better ambassador here in America. Absolutely agree. I mean, he's the reason why I started following Everton in the first place. Um, so for me, it's a big deal. And and James and I are not going to stop pushing until ideally we get him on the show. <laughs> but moving past that, talking about you know past players, uh, possibly soon to be past managers. Something I'm personally really excited about, and this is kind of just a small piece, there's a film coming up called Everton, Howard's Way. And this is referring to Howard Kendall, the the very successful Everton manager in the 1980s, in which um, I would say arguably Everton was at their best. Um, and, And it's going to be, I think, really, really cool to finally see some, you know, a professionally produced... Everton film. It's going to be released uh, November 11th this year. Interestingly, James was flabbergasted by this. It's actually going to be on Amazon and you can order the DVD on Amazon. It will ship to the USA. I'm not sure how it's going to, how much it's going to be in terms of shipping and that sort of thing. But nonetheless, I think that's going to be awesome and it's going to be ordered. I will be ordering it and receiving it. Well, depending on how long shipping takes from the UK. It has to be available on Amazon Prime streaming or some form of streaming. Like we're not living in 1990 anymore. Um, you've, I mean, that would have been VHS, but like it wouldn't. It is kind of classic Everton to like not be with the times and being releasing a. I mean, I don't even have a DVD player. I mean, I've got my laptop that can play DVDs, but it's kind of somewhat of an antiquated medium at this point with all the streaming. So I'm hoping and fingers crossed that it'll be available. Um, via streaming but if not i'll still probably end up getting the dvd and figuring out a way to watch it because i i think you know as american fans i'd say 99.99 percent of american fans were not fans of everton back in the 80s or 90s or even early 2000s for that matter and so the ability to have like you said alex a professionally produced film that will probably go into extreme depth and talk to a lot of different parties who were there at the time and just provide some more context for the amazing history that we know Everton all have. And, you know, we've all done our reading and heard about those teams, but to see footage and to see interviews with players who were there, um, I'm extremely excited for it to come out. Yeah, I think a lot of us are. Uh, I think a lot of us who have become fans of this team in the last decade or two decades, even who haven't maybe seen some of that footage, haven't seen those players play and haven't even maybe even heard of Howard Kendall. I, hope not anyway um that's i mean that's a big deal and i've been hoping for something like this for a long time like a documentary about everton or you know even just a specific time period like that that's massive um and i am super super excited to be able to watch that um i'm gonna watch it a million times and it's never gonna come out of whatever you know dvd player i can scrounge up from the internet ever yeah, I mean, in, in worst case scenario, right? Like it can just be displayed in in an office or on a coffee table and kind of like a book, but 
<laughs> but uh, <Sure>. older. <laughs> yeah, the DVD cases that I keep on my coffee table to impress my visitors. <laughs> That's a thing nowadays, dude. I mean, we're in our 20s. Like, you never know what, what flies and what doesn't. You know what I mean? I was joking that they should release the soundtrack to the documentary on vinyl and just you know, <laughs> really just embrace embrace the olden times yes. throwback Thursday situation. Yeah. There you go. So now a very, very lighthearted yet, um, let's say viral topic of the day is Colleen Rooney versus Rebecca Vardy. Now, I mean, it's, this is generally uh, below the waist for us, but I figured it could be just a funny kind of midweek international break talking point. Um, if you haven't heard, Colleen Rooney literally accused Rebecca Vardy of essentially selling stories to the son of the son being the newspaper, we not the son, <laughs> the S star N, um, based on what she posts on her private Instagram account or something. Now, obviously all of, all of Twitter, you know, popped off. My girlfriend, Allie even said that she saw Colleen Rooney's posts all over Twitter and she had no idea who it was <laughs> until she, until I told her naturally, um, Rebecca Vardy then came back and essentially said that it wasn't her and that someone, if she, if she said something, she could have changed her password so that hackers weren't sending her info to the sun. I mean, excuse me, the S star N. The first thing I do is usually check Twitter for any kind of Everton related news that is noteworthy. And this was definitely not noteworthy. Um, it was ridiculous, but I read the whole thing and I'm like, who is she going to blame this on? This ought to be good. And then I get to the end and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. Really? This is where this story ends? I mean, it's it's wild. We live in a wild time and it's international break. So uh, at least this happened this week where we can kind of laugh about it and make memes about, you know, Rebecca Vardy. Yeah, it's exactly the type of thing you need during international an international break to break up the monotony and make you maybe forget about the misery on the pitch for a little bit. And though it is essentially tabloid fodder and it's all the reality TV stuff and which I personally despise with a passion, but regardless, like the, the post that she made was extremely compelling, even though I knew what was going to happen because I like spoilers, obviously all over the place. It was, everyone was talking about it. But when I finally found the original post and I was reading through it, I was like, wow, this is like really well crafted. I'm on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what the end result is. And um, whether or not it's true, I mean, I, I suspect that there probably are um, people who be beyond Rebecca who have access to her Instagram account. And I can feel my IQ just like dropping speaking about <laughs> this. But like it is always the classic defense when you get caught doing something on the Internet like, oh, I was hacked or someone else was on my account. Uh, and there's really no way to prove or disprove it. So it's kind of a, a bulletproof defense. But at the same time, when everyone uses it, you have to kind of raise your eyebrows and think that you know, it, it's unlikely, but at the same time, she makes a good point, Rebecca, in her response where um, she said, like, what do I have to gain from selling stories about you, which she is a very valid point. So I don't know what to make of it. I personally don't really care, but it was kind of the talk of Twitter today and social media. So we did we we would be remiss if we didn't address it in some capacity. That's exactly it. And, I'm, and I mean, we like talking about Wayne Rooney as I think most Everton fans would. So why not? But let's move into some much closer Everton-related topics. Um, let's talk about a loan roundup. Adam Jones did a really good article on uh, for the Liverpool Echo. We're not going to summarize the entire thing, but we're just going to hit on some some players that we thought were, were kind of interesting topics or maybe some of the players that we would be looking to actually integrate into the first team sooner rather than later. So with that, let's start off with John Joe Kenny. 
Now he he secured a loan move to Schalke. We knew that moving into the start of the season, Schalke really, to my knowledge, didn't even have a right back. And if they did, then it was a, a youth player. And he's essentially from the first match cemented himself as the starting right back. He's also John Joe Kenny has been starting with none other than American fans would know this name, Weston McKenney. Um, so that's been fun to watch. He's got two assists and one goal this season already. And apparently a lot of the Schalke fans in Germany have, have taken very well to him. Yeah. Well, surprise no one that he's kind of set the world alight, so to speak, when in Germany, based on the prior context of other young English players finding success there and from the glimpses that we've seen of him in the in a blue shirt, we know that he's a quality player. It was just a question of the it's not a lone move where like we're looking to get rid of him. It's he really needs to get game time and he's not ready to start over Seamus Coleman on a week to week basis. So I think right now this lone move is shaping up to be a really, really brilliant move by Marcel Brands, frankly, because it really sets depending on how Sidibe comes along for the rest of the season. Um, we have Schalke developing, helping develop one of our brightest young prospects. And out of all of our players on loan, you'd have to think that John Joe Kenny is the one who is most likely to have a long-term future at Everton. Uh, spoilers for the rest of the players we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, that's my take. And, and again, he was nominated. He won the Prem, uh, Bundesliga Rookie of the Month in August, and he's now been nominated for the Rookie of the Month in September. So uh, coming out guns blazing, John Joe Kenny. I think with this loan move, if it continues the way that it's going right now, uh, John Joe Kenny will slide into that right back spot. Um, Seamus Coleman obviously has lost a couple of steps. Um, you know, we're going to see more of Sidibe coming up with Coleman being out with his suspension after his red card. So it's going to be interesting to see more of him. Uh, John Joe Kenny setting the Bundesliga on fire is excellent. That goal he scored was an absolute screamer. I've always enjoyed him going forward. My biggest takeaway was how can he do defensively? That's kind of been the thing that I've been worried about, but it seems like he shored that up as well. So I'm really excited for John Joe. Yeah, interestingly enough, the Schalke manager did mention like specifically that his 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 defensive duties one-on-one is, is what he wants improved the most. So that's definitely a point to be highlighted, but nonetheless, it's exciting. We're always happy if our if our players are doing well. Um, ideally, by the end of the season, we give him something to want to come back to. But moving on very quickly, Kieran Dowell ended up getting loaned to Darby County in the championship after his last loan with Sheffield helped see them um, promoted to the Premier League. He's made six appearances with Darby County. Um, to my knowledge, most of them has have been substitute appearances. However, his manager, Philip Koku, said that he should be doing better. They expected more from him. And most recently, he ended up playing with Darby County U23s against Wolves. And so it's not um, a very positive sign for Everton fans or Kieran Dowell. And I think we're getting very, very close to kind of wrapping the Kieran Dowell uh, hope into a tight little package and shipping it off because unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm feeling very doubtful that he'll break into the first team. He's, he's one of those in the group that came through with John Joe Kenny and uh, Tom Davis and the like. And so... That class, there were very high hopes that we could bring up multiple players into the first team. Unfortunately, just based on how things have been going for Kieran Dowell as of late and even into last season, seems to be headed south as far as his career at Everton is concerned. I don't think he's really shown enough now in his third season on loan in the championship to justify uh, further investment in his career. This may be preemptive. You know, he could turn things around. 
But for a player who's so highly thought of for so long, he's reaching that point where, I mean, it's do or die, and he doesn't seem like he's going to have a miraculous turnaround. So with Anthony Gordon, like right on the doorstep of taking first team minutes from Gilfie Sigurdsson, there's not really a need for Kieran Dow anymore. And with him struggling to even get minutes in the championship, I think that just kind of writes the book on him. And, and you're right, you know, he could turn it around. He's still young, but like the, the odds of that aren't very high. So um, I hope he does and I hope he can crack into the first team. But right now, you know, Anthony Gordon's the guy for me. So yeah, that's a really good point. Anthony Gordon's been lining it up for the U23s, which is super exciting. So moving on, let's actually talk about two players. So Jow Virginia on loan at Reading, he ended up having a couple howlers in his first, actually, I think two appearances for Reading. Um, since then, he, I don't think he's gotten any minutes. The fans borderline hate him. I mean, they've pretty much written him off. Um, and, then, and then along with Jow Virginia, um, Besich has not played for Sheffield United in the Premier League at all this season, which is somewhat surprising, although their midfield has been performing pretty well thus far. Um, now, Joe Virginia may be, it's, it's certainly far too early to say that he won't work out at Everton, although it's a very disappointing loan spell. However, Besic, I think, is very clear that will not, but it's, it's crazy to think that Besic, after man-marking Messi in the 14 World Cup, being really high and, and excited on, on, on him, him signing for Everton, and now he can't even make, you know, he can't even become a substitute appearance for Sheffield United, newly promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, on Joe Virginia, um, I do think it's a case of we know that being a goalkeeper is it's a lot of physical stuff, but it's mental above anything else because the margin of error is so small. And when you have really bad games back to back and then, you know, when when you're in a bad run of form as a keeper, I think it, you really have to be more mentally tough because rather than outfield player where you're given consistent chances, you know, you, you can kind of play your way back into a rhythm where you're getting the ball, you're moving the ball around. Keeper, it's like you're making saves or you're not. And when you're not, I think it can take you to a pretty bad place. In the second that your confidence slips even a millimeter, then you're not at your best. And it seems like that's what's happened to Jao Virginia, unfortunately. He's still only 19 and so, or maybe 20, but very, very young for a keeper. I'm absolutely not writing him off yet, but I do hope that if he isn't going to continue to get minutes at Reading, that we recall him and get him somewhere fresh. A new situation, a new context for him to continue to develop and perform because if the fans have turned on him and the manager doesn't rate him, then it's only going to continue to to hurt his long-term prospects if he continues to sit on the bench and have to stew on the memories of the mistakes that he's made. Uh, yeah, I think I think Jal Virginia is still eventually going to be the first team keeper for Everton. I, I firmly believe that. He has had a couple hours at Reading, yes. Um, but I think they also, you know, he started out as their number one, uh, and I think he was benched after only like two or three matches. And I think that's, I think that's a little unfair to him. And, you know, obviously he had that howler in the Carabao Cup in the last round that was really, really bad. Um, but I think he still could be the number one. But yeah, Bezic, as far as Bezic is, is concerned, yeah, his, his career at Everton is, is pretty much done. I think he could still be a Premier League midfielder. I think he could, you know, hold down a spot on a lower level squad or a, or even a mid-table team. Like somebody for like Crystal Palace, I think he would be he'd be excellent for, you know, some somebody like that, but uh yeah, that's what I got. All right. So moving on, a young attacking player that actually had a pretty good preseason in my opinion, got sent on loan to Burton Albion, which is Nathan Broadhead. He's a winger. He's not 
very pacey by by winger standards. However, he's very good technically. He's playing Burton Albion is in League One for for some that are unfamiliar or or are non FIFA players. <laughs> And he's actually scored three goals in nine games thus far, which is uh, a pretty decent return. He's definitely a nailed-on starter for them. And, and I think it's exciting to see him progressing, although I would have preferred, I think, a move maybe to the championship could have been more suitable for his development. League One is, I think, I mean, as, as a really young player, you do kind of want to uh, cut your teeth on. League One is is no is, is a pretty high standard, even considering, you know, he could have maybe gone to the championship. At that age, it's really just about cons- getting consistent game time. And if you loan him to the championship, it's probably pretty easy for him to get buried. He started off really well. I think he scored two goals in like his first or second game. So that set him off on the right foot with the fans. They seem to have taken to him really quickly, which is great because, you know, when you have the confidence of the fans behind you, it makes all the difference in your performance. And he's he's one to watch for the future. I, I refuse to get sucked in now to the player scoring goals in League One means that they're on a trajectory to start for Everton Football Club, but it's hard not to be positive about his development and what he's shown so far this season, and and it bodes well for the future, no question about it. Uh, from what I saw in the preseason on Broadhead, he's a good player. Uh, like you said, Alex, he's not super pacey, but he is really good on the ball. He's a good dribbler, uh, and he goes. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of any defenders. He he dribbles at defenders with no problems, and he's a decent finisher. I don't really think that he could you know, from what I've seen, be a starter for Everton, but he could definitely be like a super sub kind of guy where, you know, you're looking for somebody who can change the match and kind of frustrate the defense in the last 10 or 15 minutes or so. I think he fills that role perfectly. And when you need a spot start, he's not going to be a liability. So I'm excited and I'm glad that he's gotten off to such a good start at Albion, Burton Albion, that is not, you know, West Brom. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me that I think that's just mostly frustration. Um, maybe even ill-aimed at just the fact that it seems a lot of our loans are always just to such lower league clubs in the English system, and it never feels like they amount to a whole lot. But on the flip side, something that I was I was excited about and that is actually turning out very well thus far, Fraser Hornby, the striker from the U23 setup, ended up securing a loan to Kortijk. I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing it. It's a club in the uh, Belgian league. And he has actually been named Club Player of the Month for September because he's been setting the world alight. So it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, exciting. Obviously, it might be a little extra exciting because of the uh, goal scoring woes we've had in the first team, but nonetheless, it's working out. And and I think that it's it's a really positive move for him. Hopefully, it continues. Yeah, I think I understand your point about the loans to the lower league sides. But at the same time, I think you're maybe not giving the lower leagues enough credit because there's some really below par uh, standards of football in some of the other European leagues. And I'm not saying that Belgium is that, but just because you go to another country doesn't necessarily immediately mean that you're going to uh, develop better than you would in the championship league, one league, two, what have you. As far as Fraser Hornby is concerned, I think, you know, it's really good. We've got a striker that's young and developing and scoring goals, which it's hard to complain about. The prospects of another one that I I just don't really see a long-term future for him at Everton. But again, we talk about when we talk about youth players, we can't just solely focus on their path to the first team because it's it's not a binary thing, right? If a player doesn't make it into the first team eventually, that doesn't mean that they were necessarily a failure. 
they can have long-term successful careers at a lower level or elsewhere. And as long as we're making profits on those players, I think you have to look at it in a positive light. And so I think for me, that's the long-term future for Fraser Hornby. I hope he proves me wrong and bags 20 in Belgium comes back and is in the first team picture over the next couple of years. Realistically, it just doesn't seem like that's in the cards. Um, but again, I'm not trying to be too negative because I do, you know, like his size and his strength as a player, the pace and stuff kind of maybe concerns me a little bit, but congratulations to him and it's a good achievement and and hopefully he can get a couple more club player of the months uh, before the season's yeah, out. Yeah, I, I really like Fraser Hornsby. I've, I've liked him for a long time. Well, not really a long time, you know, a couple years. I, I've been... I've been keeping an eye on him since I, I heard about him and, and a while back, maybe a season or two ago in the under 23s, he was, he was scoring a lot of goals, you know? Um, and now he's out on loan. He's scoring goals. He's winning player of the month for his squad. I mean, that's good news. You know, you always like to hear about that. You never want to hear about a player that went on loan for Everton and he's struggling. You don't want to hear about the Jal Virginia stories, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm happy for him. Like, I, I agree with you though, James. I'm not sure if he has a, a first team chance, you know, a chance at the first team in the future. But you know, I'm I'm down. You know, I'm down with him proving me wrong. But it, it's been fun to watch him him bang in some goals. All right. So to wrap things up, the last bit of news, which unfortunately we're not necessarily landing on a positive note, after finally getting recalled to the England national team, Fabian Delph ended up having to <laughs> pull himself out of out of the squad for the international break due to hamstring injury, I'm assuming sustained in the last poor match we played. Um, Unfortunately, that leaves us extremely bare at at defensive midfield, seeing as how we already have Bamin injured. Luckily, Gomez, not a defensive midfielder, ended up coming back, although he played a very tiny part in the last match. How are we feeling about Delph's injury? Obviously, it's just a hamstring injury, but nonetheless, that's kind of classic Fabian Delph over the last handful of years. Yeah. Uh, hamstring injuries can be tricky. Um, they have a tendency to linger a little bit. Hopefully that's not the case with Fabian Delph. If it is, then you're looking at Tom Davis starting with Andre Gomes, which I'm not too terribly against, to be honest with you. I want to see more Tom Davis. I think he's kind of earned, earned his time a little bit and not having two defensive midfielders would be a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, now who's going to be on the bench? Benny Beningami, maybe? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, the picture for the midfield without Fabian Delph long-term is is not great with, like you said, Bamin returning from injury. Um, we really do need his depth, despite the fact that he's been kind of poor over the last couple of games. I still think that his presence on the pitch does count for something, even when his game isn't on 100%. And I agree with you, Jacob. I would like to see Andre Gomez and Tom Davis start together, but I also like it when Marco Silva has the f- the flexibility and has options, even though he may not utilize them to the extent that most fans would prefer. It's always good to have depth in positions, and, and you know, if a player falls out of form, then you can replace him, and we don't really have that luxury at the moment. So it is concerning. Hopefully it's not a long-term thing. It hamstrings are difficult. We know that, you know, James McCarthy has struggled with hamstring injuries prior to his uh, departure to Crystal Palace. Um, they, they can be very, very tricky because you can recover and then in an instant you can completely re-aggravate it. So I hope that he's able to, we know that he's an injury p- prone player. So this is kind of expected in some ways, but it's disappointing in a lot of others. I really just think that <laughs> it looks like if Tom Davis can't work his way into Marco Silva's plans himself, 
he's just going to have to rely on everyone else getting injured and leaving the manager no choice but to play him. Where he'll come on and, you know, fingers crossed, be a complete sensation and win all our hearts over yet again. The young um, boyhood Everton fan, Tom Davis. Yeah, I mean, that's my man right there. I still wear his kit every single weekend, even though we haven't really seen him appear at all. But it's it's the hope that kills as an Everton fan. Nonetheless, I don't think it's good news. But luckily, I mean, the only positive I see is that it came during an international break, right? So at the very least, he gets... Um, the most amount of time possible during a season to kind of start nursing it back to health and hopefully get as far along in the process as possible. Um, but it could be positive in a sense that we could maybe see uh, Tom Davies and or Andre Gomez sooner rather than later. Nonetheless, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, would you like to say any last words as well as uh, plug your Twitter handle? Absolutely. You guys have been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed this talk. It's been great. Uh, if you guys want to see the pieces that I put out, I usually put out two a week, a preview and a, uh, a post-match piece. Uh, you can follow me at Colton. That's all lowercase letters, 12 at the end. And Toffee Targets tweets out all my pieces every single week. You guys give them a follow. They're fantastic. And as always, thank you guys for following. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again, Jacob, for joining us. And uh, for those of you listening, if you have yet to join our Discord, what the heck are you waiting for? Do it. Links in our Twitter. It's on our Facebook if you dig back deep enough, but I'd recommend it's our pinned tweet. So just go find it on Twitter. Join up. We've got a really good community growing there. A lot of good discussion every single day so you can get your Everton fix. Uh, Beyond that, of course, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, I mean, you're way behind on the times. Get on that and follow our Facebook, YouTube, all those channels. Um, And hopefully everyone has a wonderful weekend free of the stress of the toffees. We'll catch you guys um, this weekend with a little. news bits episode and then we'll get in right back into the swing of things next week Uh, until next time up the toffees thanks for tuning in to the american toffee podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at usa toffee pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and everton news and we'll see you guys next time 